Hello, feeble-minded humans, and welcome to Set Podcast to Stun, the podcast where we explore, explain, and enjoy the Star Trek franchise. I'm Clint the Q, joined by Chancellor Emily Galron. Kapla, comrades. And Commodore Corey. Hello, Corey. Good evening. Back from the dead again. Ha ha! There's a whole whole spaceship of me, just pods and pods of uh, versions of me as a Romulan floating around in space. Just, you have just transporter duplicates littering space? Yep. And why are they there and who made them? Well, you guys will have to tune in next week to find out. Dun dun dun! No, not that. All right, guys, um... I do have some bad news for you, though. Fuck. No, not more bad news than our continued <laughs> existence. Yes. Unfortunately, um, I have been sending these transmissions to Starfleet, but I haven't been checking the right box when I send them in. So I have been sending them in as crew evaluations rather than episode reviews. So just oh, a couple more about sorry guys. I I kinda I get a little tranya in me the and tranya. then I edit these these episodes and I just send them off and I'm just all tranya happy and I kinda don't know what I'm doing, but we'll just knock this out real quick. It's not your fault. The the bureaucracy at the Federation is just appalling. The bureaucracy? Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 Me and my uh, comrades uh, cannot wait until that whole place is just a smoking crater. So, yeah, not your fault, bud. You, you got out at the right time, Corey. All right, so no big deal, guys. We're just going to go through every episode of season one and give it a little rating, what you thought of it. We're just going to knock this out real quick, and Starfleet will be happy, or listeners will be happy, and we'll have a nice little episode. And all of us have great memories, so it won't be a problem at all. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, yeah, we're just going to go through the the episode list one by one. The first one is the pilot. Emily, do you remember that episode? Yes. The not-Kirk fights in a castle and the aliens create an illusion. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Corey has pulled up the Netflix description. Um, don't tell Starfleet that we're just cribbing these descriptions from an old Earth streaming service. So we'll just keep this between us. Corey, Corey, what's the uh, what's the Netflix description for this episode? Captain Pike is held prisoner and tested by aliens who have the power to project incredibly lifelike illusions. Now, I remember like it was yesterday that stormy November evening where I bundled up in my coat and headed to your apartment to record our very, very first episode of Set Podcast to Stun. And I found out when I got to your door that you hadn't invited me over, so we both had to (laughs) cram around one microphone and record together. That's right. You had to snuggle like lovers. Well, we snuggled like enemies that day. (laughs) And I only watched half the episode. Oh, really? <laughs> That's back when I had a really bad mic, too. It was like a leftover mic from a camera I had bought. It had come as a part of the camera. And so I was using that. I had like cut out a hole in the box to like stabilize it. So we've come a very... Not actually, we haven't come that far. 
since then. No, I I only remember that the aliens create illusions because of when they recycle this footage in a later episode. All right. First episode is called The Man Trap. Emily, do you remember what this episode was? Uh, is it the one with the salt monster? Yes, it's the one with the salt monster. Corey, why don't you hit us with that description? Only remember that because I was looking at this list on Wikipedia before you decided to test my memory. Carry on. The crew is Emily stopped. and I both have... Oh, I just want to say, Emily and I have both really bad memories. That's one of the <laughs> things that binds our friendship together. It's the foundation we, of our friendship. <laughs> yeah, so we have bad memories. So that's why we're uh, having a little game where we're testing if Emily can figure out what the, the episode is based on the title. All right, I'm sorry, Corey. The Man Trap. The crew is stalked by a shape-shifting creature that drains the salt from humans. When it is unintentionally brought aboard, Scotty faces a decision. Now, all I really remember from this episode is the crewman that was, um, oh no, the salt monster like went up in the guise of a crewman and just wandered the hallway for so much of the episode. And that's what my main memory is. Remember that they could have just given it salt and it wouldn't have been this moment where Spock punches a woman. <laughs> well, it's the, the 22nd century, so punching women is, is okay. Next equal. episode. Wait, wait. I just want to say I remember from this episode Sulu eating salted uh, celery. And he's a botanist. And right. he was feeding a hand plant. But in the grand scheme of things, I liked this episode. I thought it was a pretty good episode. There were some wacky things. And it is it is kind of the contrived obstacle, a contrived controversy in this one. So that was kind of lame. But uh, all in all, it was a pretty good episode. Uh, the two things that kind of bothered me is that it's like a McCoy episode, which is weird mm-hmm. because it's like the first episode and stars the McCoy, but like, you don't really see him at all. You only see him at the beginning and the end because most of the time he's in a coma. He's taking a nap most of the time. Yeah. And then like the doctor's plan. And there's another episode later on the, the one where the, the dude owns the prison compound and like brainwashes people where like Mm -hmm. like one little conversation could have just solved everything but like the doctor did not want to reveal that his wife was a salt sucker and he wouldn't have gotten in really in trouble for saying anything but it just it causes a mystery that was uh pretty avoidable yeah unnecessary i actually forgot that the doctor was in this episode at all um i remember that it was like why don't you just give them salt instead of causing the extinction of the last of its kind um so that was disappointing it was a unfulfilling end i'm gonna say i'm gonna give this episode a tepid thumbs up down thumbs down a salty thumb in the middle perfect all right episode two charlie x emily i'm sure you know this episode Hated it. Absolutely hated it. A psychic teen sexually harasses until his mommy, his space mommy comes to shut it down. Yes. Yes. Corey, hit us with that recap. Sexual teen harasses his mommy until... Wait, what'd you say, Emily? (laughs) (laughs) Sexual sexual teen harasses Starfleet until his space mommy shows up. (laughs) You know you shouldn't plagiarize from Netflix. That's not cool. Uh, No, it's powerful teenage psychic Charlie. That's a lot of adjectives. (laughs) Beams aboard. 
Although wanting to be liked, he attacks others <laughs> I thought until... I just stopped at beams aboard. <laughs> <laughs> he attacks others until the secret of his powers are revealed to Kirk. My biggest problem with this episode was the punchable face that Charlie X had. He just had this, oh, this scrunched up, just stupid ass face that I wanted to slap. And he does get slapped in this episode. And it's one of my favorite moments in Star Trek. It's... Who, does... does... Janice, our favorite Janice, slap him? Kirk slaps him. No. Oh, okay. I didn't like this. Charlie was super annoying. I feel bad for him, though, because he crash-landed on this planet. He was raised by aliens who don't know anything about being a human. So, of course, he's going to grow up into, like, a weird kid that no one wants to hang out with. And he just wants to be cool and a part of the cool kids. And... (laughs) he ever no one no one wants to go to bat for him when the i forget who they're called they're like the andromedites or i forget who, who are the people who raised him but they come back to get him and they they take him away and everyone's like oh no what you gotta take charlie darn it okay well see you charlie and Shoot, just... we really liked you bud dang <laughs> sorry slugger Maybe you can come back next summer. Bye. Remember, remember the scene where he loses uh, to Spock in chess, so he melts a chess piece, or he does more, doesn't he? Like he starts. I think just... he melts the whole board. But yeah. That's oh just yeah. It. yeah. Also, isn't this the one where Kirk's like, "I'm going to teach you how to wrestle shirtless. First, you got to learn how to fall." Yeah, yeah. They do the karate thing, and he's in his Starfleet gi. I remember too when he took someone's face away. That was pretty cool. The worst thing about Charlie, too, is that anytime he used his powers, he rolled his eyes, like, up, so he looked like a little Damien child, and then there's, like, this really intense musical sting, but it's it's pretty aggravating, folks. Do not recommend this one. Definitely the episode I hated the most. Yeah, thumbs down. Thumbs down. Which yeah. was which was like our third episode we ever recorded, and at that point I was like, "What the hell have I gotten myself into?" <laughs> I had the exact same thought when this happened. I was like, "Clint, how can you watch this whole season? This is so terrible." <laughs> we got through it, people. We got through it. Three out of three, psychic thumbs down. Yes, <laughs> take away my face. Is that your new catchphrase? Take away my <laughs> face. <laughs> Ring-a-ding a horse! <laughs> Alright, let's move on to the next episode. Episode 3, where no man has gone before. Episode 5. Oh, you're not counting the pilot. Never mind. Yeah. Alright, Emily. Gone yeah, where before. no man has gone before. Can you guess which episode this is? What did we call it? What did we call our episode? We though? can't. I can't tell you that because it'll give it away. Is it the one with the silver eyes? Yeah. Yes. It's okay. the one with the eyes. Yes. Okay. This one, uh, I can't. Is this where he doesn't have a glove on and he touches something and then everybody gets psychic and he gets no. super smart and then Kirk nope. murders him with a rock? Uh, well, that part's right. <laughs> Corey. As Kirk and Spock investigate a Starfleet tragedy, a friend of Kirk becomes endowed with godlike powers. To stop him, Kirk must hatch a risky plan. Yeah, this is where they go and everyone's like frozen. There's all these dead bodies. No, that's the that's the next episode. Oh, how does he get yeah. the silver eyes? They go to the edge of our galaxy 
and there's a galactic barrier and they go through it. Oh, and then and the psychic people the just get weird. Yeah. And okay, then psychic right, people get right. psychic powers and then they decide to maroon him on a ship. So this episode, I like it. At, when we first watched it, I was not that into it. I didn't think it was that good. Looking back on it, such a great episode. We're just going through the edge of the galaxy, which is super far away and not possible anymore in Star Trek. But love Gary Mitchell getting the powers, just like weird, goofy 1960s things happening. And I love the solution, which is just to crush a god with a rock. Amazing episode. Corey, what do you think? I think of that last scene where the, the guy is like way too powerful now and he has just the ability to craft his own reality. So Kirk has to shoot the mountain and the mountain falls on top of him. And I just think of that in terms of like, if it was a role-playing game, the kind of role that Kirk would have to get to, to, to make that happen. Like that was a crit right there. Yeah. Crit hit on the mountain. (laughs) This is also the episode that like, you could tell they were trying really hard to be like the twilight zone because it's like a Mm. lot of talking and a lot of musing about the human condition and what separates us from animals and us from gods. I think, I don't know. I'm going off my memory here. But it yes. was, it's a no, lot of talking, right. it, you know, it's, it suffers from something that every episode suffers from where it's 50, 50 minutes long. And if this was a half hour mm-hmm. long, like there's enough cool shit in there to make this a good episode, but yeah. Yeah. I, that was a constant theme for the whole series was if these episodes were 30 minutes instead of 50 minutes, it'd be a lot better and tighter. I think that critique goes into like even TNG quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that this episode has two friends uh, that are recurring that we don't like. Two frenemies, if you will, and two friends that we do like. Uh, The frenemies are our good friend, the soggy middle, uh, and our other frenemy is the plot holes, where there's a lot of things that just don't line up and it doesn't make a lot of sense. But our legitimate friends are, I think, that philosophical kind of introspective bent, which at the beginning, like Corey said, you know, they're trying to be the Twilight Zone. And then towards the later episodes, they really find their own voice and it becomes this like warm pro-humanity thing. Um, And the other friend in this episode that I like was Kirk murdering someone. So, yeah, his first kill count. To add on to that, Emily, like one thing that these early episodes missed was humor. Like they are not um, very funny or charming. They're mostly like serious and everyone's like on edge. Yes. Yeah. All right. Next episode, The Naked Time. This, This is the one where the guy has his hand out and he touches the frozen body and then he goes back and they all get drunk, right? Yes. Yes. Everyone, it's, they contract basically a drunk disease. We called this one the Moroccan contagion. Oh, right. Because they had the. Yeah, the the musical sting every time someone that was infected or came close <laughs> to the thing. It was like. <laughs> Netflix says a virus causes the Enterprise crew to lose all self-control. As Sulu threatens the crew with the sword, Spock cries <laughs> and Bones looks for an antidote. I'm going to go ahead and say that Netflix, that's not a very good write-up. No, that's like very dramatic and like upsetting and serious. And this was like a really funny, silly episode. Oh, but I do remember, I forgot about Sulu running around with a sword, like attacking people. That was great. How did you forget it? Oh my God, that was the best part. It was so funny and he's so jacked. 
he was in really good shape for this episode. And yeah, it was hilarious him running around. Wasn't there another guy who convened? Who took like, over a, engineering and was singing like Irish ballads. And he like declared a dance in the yeah, what was it? it the bowling it was alley. Like the bowling alley. Yeah. I don't he know was, if they have a bowling alley or not, but look at me. I'm the captain now. You all dance. <laughs> Go to the bowling alley and dance. If I was writing the synopsis for this one, I would include that because that was a huge part of it was them just trying to get into engineering while everyone's all goofy from this contagion. And and the planet below is is exploding. Yeah, I'm sure it was. So that there's the ticking top. Oh, and that's the time they accidentally time travel three days yeah. in the past. Yeah. Oh, right. Which is, and then it's never mentioned again. It is mentioned again, but we'll talk about it when we get to that bridge. But it, they just played it off and they were, it was no big deal. Whoops. Yeah. They just said to themselves, hey, we're three days back in the past. Okay, whatever. We just time traveled. No big deal. See you later. <laughs> because this was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a two-parter. And the second parter, uh, the one we'll get to later, was supposed to be right after this episode. But yeah, they just mm. explained it away. They're like, wow, that was weird. Anyway, let's go do more physicals. All right. But this was a good episode. I liked it. The Naked Time, thumbs up from Clint. Same. Thumbs up. Yeah. All right, episode five, The Enemy Within. Emily, can you remember? Is this the one with Evil Kirk? Evil Kirk, that's right. Corey, give us the synopsis. the alien dog. Yes. Yes. The synopsis. (laughs) The Enterprise transporter malfunctions and beams Kirk on board with his evil doppelganger. Later, Kirk and his crew are stranded on a frigid planet. I'm going to go ahead and say, guys, I don't really remember this episode. This is one that... Did not stick around in my memory banks. Really, I love this episode. Such a great episode. Speaking of that dog, I think that dog does die in the episode, if I remember correctly. Um, no. I believe they... Well, first of all, it's a dog with, like, a Halloween costume and antennas on. And they're like, yeah. look at this wild creature. And, like, <laughs> they're like, this one is vicious. And it's like this little terrier that they just pick up. It's adorable. Yeah, they I put th- a little horn on it. Adorbs. I thought that they like reconfigured them so the gentle one and the vicious one joined together. Yeah, they hug it out. But the animal doesn't have reason, so it's so surprised that it's joined back together that it dies of a heart attack. Oh, I don't remember that. I wish. You yeah, they put it together, in and the mind. dog dies, and they say to themselves, "Spock is freaking out." He tells Kirk that he can't do it, or he can do it. Because he's a person and he has reason, so he won't have, like, a heart attack when he gets suddenly put back together. Like, the dog didn't know what was going on, but Kirk does. So I feel like you're cheating because you've seen these all more than once. You remember way too many details. I haven't, I've, this, I haven't seen this one. Like, I don't even remember this one. I've hey, whoa, one whoa, whoa, once. wait a second. Let me read the last line of the synopsis again. Later, Kirk and his crew are stranded on a frigid planet... Uh, pretty lazy Netflix. Kirk was not stranded on the planet. He was up on the surface trying to figure out how to get Sulu and those guys yeah. up on the ship. That's which was, right. by the way, the best part of the episode was Sulu kept doing like these check-ins where Little he's like, it's, it's negative 200 degrees Celsius, Enterprise. We could sure use a couple more blankets. And he did that oh, like four times. Oh, you could send down some cocoa, yeah. Yeah, could you send down a pot of hot coffee? Oh, this would be a good place for a ski resort. I'm going to heat up some rocks with my phaser because Spock told me to. That's right. Heating up the rocks with the phaser. Uh, also, Evil Kirk is wearing a lot of eyeliner and is very fabulous. 
I loved Evil Kirk the way he just kind of slithers around. Like, you could really <laughs> feel the menace and his sexual power. Didn't he try to rape our yeah. favorite Janice, though? I was going to yes, say. He, he sexual did power try to rape indeed. Janice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was... throws a whole pall over this episode. That was bad. It was not good. Very rapey. Shouldn't, shouldn't be emulated. But Evil Kirk was menacing. Middle thumb for me. Uh... Emily? It's hard in hindsight because all I'm thinking about is the dog. Uh, A plus for the dog, C minus for the rest of it. I'm going to give it a thumbs up as as well. All right. Next episode, Mud's Women. Bad episode. Move on to the next one. It was a bad episode. Real quick. Harvey Mudd, a Irish, right? Marauder, not Marauder. Don't even, no, just, just, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, there's three mysterious women. He's trying to pawn them off. Uh, and sell them i think and he gives them drugs to make them look prettier but the prettiness was inside themselves all along there's also a a woman who i don't know didn't like taking drugs but everyone hated this episode was a bad episode wait listen to the netflix summary kirk and the crew rescue harry mudd and three quote mail order brides quote from his (laughs) matchmaking service mudd tries to stop kirk from bringing him to justice what the hell are these summaries? These are like written by people that did not watch the episode. I feel like they gave it to interns and interns were like, I have no idea what to say about this. And they're like, just put it in quotes. <laughs> bad episode, bad episode, thumbs down all around. All right, next episode, episode seven. What are little girls made of? Emily, can you remember? I'm just taking a deep guess because I know that this is an episode. I have no idea why this episode would be called this. Is this the one where they find a doctor and he makes androids and they put Kirk on the spinny table? Yes, yes. No this way. is the android episode. Why is Ruck. it called that? Lurch. Uh, do you guys want to learn a trivia that I found out about this episode? Sure. Uh, the person we're doing who, a trivia. We're doing right, a trivia. All things terror, they do a science. <laughs> now we're doing Emily's other trivia. podcast. Yeah, now we're doing a trivia. Uh, the person who wrote this episode, uh, also wrote a book. His name is Robert Block, and the book that he wrote is Psycho. Which oh, cool! Wow, the movie Psycho. Well, nice. Okay, can I read the synopsis? Because this is, I'm starting to detect a pattern here. Is it unnecessary air quotes? Is that the pattern? (laughs) The Enterprise's search for famous scientist Roger leads Kirk to a deserted planet where Roger, who lives with two lifelike androids, turns on Kirk. There was no punctuation in there. That's why I read it like that. They give away so much. Yeah, they give away so much. Also, when you said turns on Kirk, I realized what Netflix probably meant is betrayed him. But what I thought was sex times. <laughs> well, there was that spinny table. So I like that the synopsis says their search for famous scientist Roger, like he's a pirate, like <laughs> the pirate Roger. <laughs> what does that mean? Famous scientist Roger. The scientist Roger. <laughs> I, uh, arr, I be the scientist Roger you be looking for. What if we just referred to everyone that way? The teacher what? Emily. 
Also, Kirk does Roger doesn't live with two lifelike androids. Everybody is an android on the planet. Well, I guess they saved that spoiler. But I mean, there's only two other people who live there. But the doctor is also an android. Yeah, you find out at the end that he's also an android. The answer to the the question, what are little girls made of, is robot parts. Robot parts. Oh my god. I love this episode. I thought it was just a really great, (laughs) goofy episode. I love it starts off by just throwing a red shirt down a cavern. Ruck is super cool. I love their jumpsuits. There's a stalactite that definitely looks like a penis. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And Kirk beats someone with it uh andrea in that jumpsuit she's just really doing work what did i call it under boob overalls uh, <laughs> it's side boob side overalls boob. yeah side boob overalls those overalls are insane Very everyone wears the overalls like. yeah the way they make androids is also crazy and <laughs> hilarious and makes no sense and just a great hilarious episode one of this my favorites episode is fun as a memory but it was excruciating to watch (laughs) i remember you were talking about in this episode emily like okay so the way you get an android is you take a human and then you put the styrofoam cutout of a humanoid on the other side of the table you spin in a centrifuge and that human's like mind goes into the android but like so in order to do that you need to have a human so where did the girl come from? Because she wasn't part of the original survey mission. So where did they get the original body for the girl to put in the android? That's a great question. Because she's not like Ruck. She doesn't look like... She's not an ancient android being. Yes, I assume that Ruck looks like the older aliens. So I mean, the question. only plausible explanation is that the doctor spun his brain into a sexy lady but then also somehow copied his brain into a version of himself so he's just boning himself in a sexy lady maybe there's a sexy lady setting like there's different settings like you could turn yourself into a dog or a pterodactyl and there's a sexy lady setting why would you choose to be a sexy lady when you could be an android pterodactyl I don't, that's a good question. Or a Charleston Chew. <laughs> what? A Charleston? You could create an Android Charleston Chew version of yourself. Why not, man? We can use our imaginations as much as we want. I love to use I mine. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I like to think, too, that the scientists, the old ancient race scientists, couldn't crack this problem until they they made the table spin. And that just cracked the whole thing wide open. They're, they were just tearing their hair out. We can't get this Android technology to work. And then one says, what if we make the table spin? Oh my God, that solves everything. Well, and then it becomes like that Japanese game show where you have to decide what's cake and what isn't cake. And except it's an alien version where you have to figure out what's an Android and what's not an Android. <laughs> okay. And in this episode, Kirk figures out that he can send a racist message to his android self. So he says oh, yeah. some racist stuff about <laughs> Spock. And then that gets imprinted on Android Kirk, who goes up to the Enterprise and it gives him away because Kirk's not really racist, but he's been seeded with that. So that makes me think like the first time they ever used this wheel, they had no idea how it worked and they were probably just like screaming the whole time. And so their <laughs> androids were like just these like uh like 
uh, Invasion of the Body Snatcher kind of aliens where they're just like screaming nonstop because that's the only life that they've ever known. <laughs> and they're dizzy and throwing up all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. This is horrifying. I, I, I forgot the fact that he was able to tell Spock that he that it wasn't him by making the robot racist. Right. I'm just going to act like McCoy. So that's the secret signal that, you know, it's not really. All right. We are almost a third of the way through these guys doing great. All right, guys. Episode eight. It's Miri. This is the one that we had trouble with so many times that we tried to record it. And just something always bad happened, you know, before we could get our thoughts out there. So now finally we can do that. Corey, why don't you give us the synopsis? Uh, I don't know. Do you want to try and sum it up, Emily? Uh, yeah, so... All right. Well, it's nice that we were finally able to talk about Miri on the show i really like that one i had a lot of thoughts and i'm glad i could get them out yeah same all right real incisive commentary by all of us (laughs) i think that was some of the best audio we've ever come up with on the show the most insightful discussion we've ever had emily when you were comparing like the childlike state of those people to like the dawn of humanity like i just i was i don't know no words it was beautiful yeah it's been truly moving to discuss that with both of you all right next episode dagger of the mind emily do you remember what this episode is uh all i remember is that i named my audio file dagger of shit (laughs) so i'm guessing i didn't like it Corey, why don't you hit us with that synopsis A deranged doctor escapes to the Enterprise from a planetary penal colony. As Kirk (laughs) investigates, he is brainwashed by the colony's maniacal director. I mean, that's an okay synopsis, I guess. Was this a Christmas episode? It was a Christmas episode. It feels very Christmas. It it aired, though, November 3rd, 1966. Oh, no, wait. It was because there was the lady red shirt that... Dr. Made Noel. With Kirk at the Christmas party? I don't think they they didn't hook up. Maybe they made out, but they almost hooked up during a Christmas party and she has a huge crush on Kirk. Yeah. And I don't Kirk and this a lot about this. Yes. Kirk and the lady have both a boner for the head of this penal colony. What's his name? <laughs> it's like Dr. Adams or something. I don't know. I I remember the penal colony because, oh, they called him a penologist or something really (laughs) weird. Dr. Adams is his name. And what he's doing is he's wiping people's brains and turning them into robots or something. Well, he's trying to cure them of their criminal tendencies by just getting rid of all those memories that they have so they can Mm -hmm. like be liberated. But he's like using that. Like the thing with the episode is like the technology worked. Like he was able to rehabilitate people. But if you do it on setting two and like tactically, like surgically remove certain memories, 
then it works. But he was like turning it up to 10 and then just rewriting their entire life and just turning them into husks. So that was the annoying thing about the episode. The technology worked. It was just a bad guy who was bad for dumb reasons. Yeah. Okay. Now I remember it. Yeah. Because he had no motivation. He was just like, we're going to do this now. Yeah. Okay. And then Kirk goes down to investigate and he does it. He like brainwashes Kirk. He didn't even need to do that. He, there was no reason to do it. He just made Kirk an enemy out of Kirk. Yeah, Kirk was like a big fanboy of this penologist, and then the peen turned on him. And so the peen turns. I Yes, I didn't like this episode. Like, nothing made sense. Dr. Adams didn't make sense. He was just being a jerk for no reason and had no plan. Like, Kirk was kind of circling in on him and he's he's just like oh i'll just wipe his memory and i'll call it a day so i don't feel like he was that smart uh i also hated lady simp dr noel she was probably like my least favorite kirk love interest didn't love this one yeah it was a bad one all right next episode episode 10 the corbinite maneuver Emily, ah, do you remember the, what this the one with about? the Tranya. Tranya. Oh, why don't you come and have some Tranya? That Tranya. Uh, they're zipping through space, and then they run into like a Rubik's cube that won't let them pass, and they try to get around it, and then they're like, "Well, we're gonna do this Corviknight maneuver that's gonna kill us both or some weird thing," and then they find out that it's like a Wizard of Oz situation where this like little cherub is tricking them. And then he offers them alcohol and keeps one of the crew members. Little Clint How- Howard. You don't know if it's alcoholic or not. How could it not be? He's a ah, child. The Tranya. Who loves it? The Tranya. Okay, here's the Netflix synopsis. Um, the Enterprise narrowly escapes from imposing alien Balak's starship. But when Balak transmits a distress call, Kirk and the crew go to his aid. I don't know if that what? happened. That yeah, it did. not accurate at all. It happens, that's like 75% of the episode. There's a point where they're trying to break free from the tractor beam that Bollock has them under, and they break free, and then they notice that Bollock's ship is in distress, so they go over to save him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, this is also the episode that I really did not like this episode. Like, there's interesting things in it, but so much of the episode was them following the like the ship or the probe. Um, One day we're going to watch Star Trek, the motion picture. And it is not people really like the movie, but it is so goddamn slow. It is, it is literally just watching people on the bridge, look out the viewfinder and look at this world. Like they're just looking at space and it's so slow. So that's all I remember from this episode. It's like 15 minutes of them just like waiting to die and traveling. Yeah. This is, I feel like this is the episode where the least amount of things happen and it's just them. Yeah. Looking at the view screen and thinking they're going to die. Janice does serve coffee though, which was a highlight when the, when the ship systems were down, she phasered up some coffee and everyone was very impressed. So. Oh, that's right. Cause she's resourceful and the best and her beehive hairdo is always on point. Uh, yeah, definitely had our old friend of me, the saggy metal. Yes, just definitely a very slow, boring episode. Thumbs down. Yes, except thumbs up for Tranya. Tranya! Have some Tranya! Middle thumb. All right. Next pair of episodes, The Menagerie, part one and two. 
Pike is in a robot wheelchair and they're like, Kirk, you, you, no one can go to this planet or we'll kill you, but except you, you can do it. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's all I remember. Like, <laughs> I might've just made that up. <laughs> you cannot go to this planet under any circumstance, but whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Except for you. Corey, why don't you hit us with that synopsis? Um, During Spock's court-martial, video images of Captain Pike's encounter with the psychic Talosians reveals Spock's motivation for hijacking the ship. So this is an episode that's a frame episode, and if you you had to take an old pilot with only one of the same crew members, which is Spock, and turn it into an actual episode, like, it's, it works pretty well. It's not bad. Like, it's, if I hadn't ever seen the pilot, I would think that this is a fine episode. Weird, because they're watching Pike's adventure as if it was a movie, because the aliens are transmitting the movie to the court-martial. Yeah. When it's, it's, I don't know, it's framed in a weird way. It was, a, it was a filmed pilot, and they have to explain why there's, like, cuts and camera zooms and stuff. So it's supposed to be from, like, security images. Yeah. Well, th- they do mention, too... They said, wow, this image quality is so good. How did you get it? And Spock is is like, oh, you'll you'll find out how this production quality is so high. I did like the start of this one where we actually got to go to a star base, if I remember correctly. And yeah. And Spock, Spock does is his messing little with them. rogue thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it was cool that. to see like a star base set. And they had like, yeah, the star base set was really cool. It was really pretty, as I recall. And they had different uniforms. And when they were doing the court martial stuff, like that was that was pretty interesting. But if you took out all the pilot stuff, the part one and part two would be, I don't know, maybe fifteen minutes. Like it's mostly just recycling the pilot. But they changed some things, if I remember. There's some like extra yeah. scenes that were in there. Yeah, there are. And I mean, and they... for a, for a clip show, it's not bad. I mean, this is our clip show. Exactly. This yeah, is it our was kind of episode. a weird frame. <laughs> I want Clint. I wish you had framed it where you had like fallen, like you had a transporter accident, and like Emily and I are trying to cure you, and then we're like the only way we that have we to can flash back to all the things we've learned. Yeah, we have to trigger his synapses, so we have to remember each episode in order to get him back. That's the plot <laughs> of the Riker bottle episode in TNG. Oh yeah, <laughs> he gets old. No, no, not when he gets old. It's the end of the second season, I think. And there's the writer strike going on, and he's literally laying in a coma in sickbay the whole time. And they're like, "Oh, the only way we can bring Riker back is to like trigger his memories." And then they just show scenes with Riker from from seasons one and two for the entire episode. That was such a bad episode. Unlike this episode. Yeah. Next. All right. Next one. Episode 13, The Conscious of the King. Emily, do you remember this episode? This is either the one with the Q or the one with the murderer pretending to be a Shakespeare actor. There are no Q in TOS, Emily. Okay, there the are, the Clint. The like Bean or the one with the murderer pretending to be a Shakespearean actor? Yes, it's the murder Shakespearean actor. <sighs> okay. <gasps> or I guess he's a tyrant or maybe he's a genocider. Uh, yeah, I think he's like a he's a genocider, right? Yeah, he did some genocide, which might have been he did a little genocide. Ex- he did treat. it for the children, though. <laughs> he genocided for the children. Okay, listen oh, to this that synopsis. Makes it okay, okay. Oh, this is the worst synopsis I've seen so far. 
Kodos, a fugitive mass murderer, is a 23rd century Shakespearean actor. When a friend is murdered, Kirk asks a Shakespearean troupe to investigate. What? No, that is not what happens. Kirk does all the investigation. Yeah, no, you're right. That is weird. It's really bad. That's really inaccurate. I do like the like slight shade and being like a 23rd century Shakespearean actor. Like they're like, why the fuck are they still performing Shakespeare? This is unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) So just going to highlight that in there. Well, I love this episode. What a great episode. I love Kirk's friend. He has like the eye patch. That's a third of his head. Mm. Kirk is trying to hook up with a 19 year old the whole time. No one bats an eye. No one cares that Kirk, a Starfleet captain, is trying to hook up with a 19-year-old. and But it's okay because he's just trying to convict his her father for murder. This uh, is what also inaugurated our fashion week because she had so many delightful outfit changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I liked Kodos, too. Kodos was a, a cool character. He was very Shakespearean. And I liked the twist. It wasn't very surprising, but it, she's the one who has the been daughter. On the the daughter is the murderer. Keeper. Yeah, and Kodos is trying the to like, is the live his life out again and try and be reformed. Um, this is my second least favorite episode. I hate this goddamn goddamn episode so much. Oh, really? Yeah, and it, it's all because they couldn't definitively say whether or not Kodos was the mass murderer, like the the Shakespearean actor, whether or not he used to be this dictator mass murderer, and they have so much evidence like they have photographs they look exactly the same they have eyewitness testimony and still it's just kirk hemming and hawing the entire episode like oh i don't know is he or isn't he drove me crazy it's very hamlet of him i didn't hate it it was a little heavy-handed but i didn't hate it very hamlet to be oh should i kill this person should i not kill this person it's very very on on theme i think thumbs up for me horizontal <clears throat> Okay. Raspberry from Corey. Uh-huh. All right. The next episode, episode 14, Balance of Terror. Emily, do you remember this episode? Uh, what did we call our uh, title? Our episode? Space Romulans. Or Space Romans. Right? Oh, yes. is this the one with the... Yeah, I didn't mind this one. This is the one where they almost get into a war... Because it's like the Cold War and they can't talk to each other. It's more like World War II, I think, like submarine combat where they're Very trying to outsmart each other. Submarine combat, yeah. Okay. Corey hit us with that synopsis. This synopsis sucks as well. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Netflix. After Romulan warbirds destroy Federation outposts, the Enterprise pursues them. Similarities between them and Vulcans spark bigotry against Spock. Like, yeah, that was the most important thing in this episode. It's There was it's a one... lot of bigotry against Spock. Okay, but, but no you more got two usual. sentences to work with. You don't do like a little side, little B plot as your second sentence. Like, it's basically Kirk against the Romulan captain, and they're both trying to outsmart each other the entire time in a cat and mouse game. Because the Romulan ship is has a really powerful weapon, but it can only use it if it's decloaked. And, yeah. and the Enterprise is really fast, but its weapons aren't very strong. So they, they got advantages and disadvantages. Great episode. I don't episode. very much about it, but I remember really liking it. I thought it was a great episode. I love the cat and mouse between between Kirk and the, the Romulan captain. I forget the captain's name, but he's an awesome actor. 
he comes back and does other roles, but I loved him as the the Romulan captain. Well, we should mention what role he does. He's Spock's dad. He's Su- Sulak. Is that his name? Suvak? No, no, that's a totally different show. I'm going to type Spock's dad into Google. Spock's dad, Sarek. Who's it played by again? Oh, you know. That you guy. know, that, that guy. The guy, the guy who plays the Centurion in this episode. Mark Leonard. That's it. Mark Leonard. Just wanted to like give him some props. Mark Leonard plays the father of Leonard Nimoy's character. Oh, interesting. That's why they work so well together. Mm-hmm. Anyway, great episode. Loved it. Thumbs up. I liked it. Yeah, I did too. All right. Next episode is episode 15, Shore Leave. Emily, can you remember this episode? Is this the one with the planet with a gun? Yes, it is the one with the planet and a gun. <laughs> Corey, what's that synopsis? Shore leave. The Enterprise lands at a picturesque planet for shore leave, but the Id- ideal is ruined when a samurai and a bloodthirsty knight attack Sulu and Bones. Perfect. That they got it in one. I love this episode. Um, I don't know if it's the best episode, but it's definitely one of my favorites. It is ridiculous. I love it. It is so zany and wacky. I know yes. it's like a hot mess to film and to write, but it's, I just, it's so fun. Such a great episode. Really shows off Sulu and Kirk and Spock. I want to say McCoy's there too. Just a lot of weird, fun things happening. I don't feel like they catch on as quickly as they should, but just a fun episode where Kirk beats up an Irishman. Yeah, no, I hated, I hated it. It was so frantic. Um and they're so stupid but again this is one that was deeply excruciating to watch but in hindsight is really funny and campy i enjoy the memory of it more than i enjoyed the experience at the time (laughs) just like this podcast well i was gonna say so many of my interactions with you clint (laughs) all right that's all that's all i got (laughs) 